Are you listening? Hey guys, it's Robin Mason here, the voice of Killsworth Cobras. Just letting you guys know that we've got some pretty exciting stuff happening here on Cobra TV or Killsworth TV, whatever you want to call it. We're going to be pretty easy about that, but just letting you guys know that uh, we're going to be talking to some uh, current and former Killsworth players about uh, basketball and all things non-basketball related, what they have going on in their life and uh, how they're managing to deal with all this self-isolation and this new world that we're all living in. Anyway, join me and uh, my guests each and every single time as we're going to be talking about some pretty important stuff and some not-so-important stuff. So tune in, and uh, we look forward to seeing you soon. Thanks, guys. This episode of Cobra TV is brought to you by LifeCare Croydon. LifeCare Croydon are still open for business, with office and over-the-phone consultations currently available. LifeCare have been keeping our NBL1 Cobras healthy and on court for a number of years and offer unmatched service and physiotherapy expertise. Stay tuned for our special Cobra class strength and conditioning video series presented by LifeCare Croydon. Very first guest on the very first episode of Cobra TV is none other than Jackson Brazier. We'd all remember Jackson Brazier from his time playing for the Kilsyth Cobra Siebel team. Also, grew up playing for the Flashes and the Cobras in their representative team as well. Uh, we talk about that, but we also talk about how he is now a recording artist under the name JXN. Got a new single out called Outer Space. Go check it out wherever you listen to your music. We have a great chat about music, about basketball, life in general, and what's going on on this crazy little planet of ours. Just, just chilling, man. Chilling. Haven't left. I haven't left Yarra Glen, to be honest. Haven't left Yarra Glen. Oh, I'm exactly the same. I live in Warrandyte, and I stay in Warrandyte. I do absolutely nothing. I live where I am right now is where I have been for like four straight weeks. There, I have not left the room. <laughs> I have done absolutely nothing. It's 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 pretty bad to be honest. I'm putting on like a little bit of stomach fat. It's really, <laughs> I mean. Nah, I feel this happened Easter was terrible. It was just not good for anybody. Yeah, no, I, I feel that for sure. Been, I've been for a few runs though, but that's about it. I got back from Sydney, probably like middle of all this like craziness, and I've just have not left. So well, it's been nuts. What was I lived there for two years. Yeah, yeah. So, so I moved. So I moved back, but um, yeah, it's good to be home. What was it like in Sydney? Um, it was different. I lived like right near the beach, so it was it was nice and the weather was good all year, but I kinda got a bit sick of it. Kind of thought I wanted to come back to Melbourne and, you know, give the city a go here. So looking for a place at the moment. But yeah. It was it was different. It was it was good. It was good to get out, you know. Yeah, definitely. It looks like you're at a, a hair salon or something. What's going on? I am, so my sister's got a hair salon in the backyard. Yeah. Um, so I kind of set up a makeshift studio in here and it's a bit of peace and quiet. So I take over this and when she has clients, so I just um, leave. But this is kind of where I do everything because the house is pretty crazy at the moment because everyone's home, obviously. Yeah, yeah. No, are you doing that like some sort of like studio or what's going on there? Yeah, it's literally, oh, I've just got a microphone um, and my like little setup with a computer and stuff. And yeah. just, it's good, just recording like vocals that I need to do and stuff. That's pretty much it. But yeah, it's not it's no professional setup. No, it's not, sure. not like Dr. Dre's on the disc or anything like that. Nothing, nothing. Yeah, hell no, crazy. hell no. 
Nah. It just it's a it's a make do studio, you know, until until I can get into a real one. Yeah. How, how far away is that going to happen? Do you reckon? Do you know anything? Have you been talking to any producers or any you know musicians? I mean, and what's going on there? I mean, I think it's just until people feel comfortable about um, yeah. you know the fact that you can go and see other people and like there's no risk for like people that are going back to their families and all that stuff. It's it's crazy, but I feel like it's it's going to be happening soon. It's we're doing pretty well in Australia at the moment, Victoria especially. So yeah. hopefully, hopefully a month. But I've got a bunch of stuff to do, so I, it needs to. It's <laughs> happen quickly because, it, like, seriously, especially when you're just on a roll, I guess, music, musically, you just want to keep churning it out. You, you, yeah. And everyone's gone crazy and stuff, so, I mean, it'd be nice. Yeah, nice to get out. Yeah, I mean, I've, I mean, I've listened to all, all your music, not just in preparation for having you on the yeah. show like that, but, like, as you release it, following just your this list. morning. I just listened to your first songs this morning. <laughs> it's one of those situations. It's like I've got all the music here anyway. But um, yeah, it, I feel like with your music as well, it's, it's pretty chill. Like it's relaxing, and I feel like your music is a good thing to put put out in a time like this where it's really crazy. Yeah, for sure. It should it should be easily listening and I know a bit like inspiring for some people and stuff. So I'm trying to put a bit more emotion in the stuff that I'm releasing at the moment. But um, yeah, the stuff that's coming out in what's the date like. 14 days or something so we've got six more songs coming so it should be good perfect time well what is your process like when you do you, do you do you have to like hear a beat and then find like a lyrics or something means to you or attach to that beat or do you just like find a good song structured with lyrics and then find a beat that works with it or like what goes on with that yeah pretty like pretty much my writing process is i'll work with somebody and we start from scratch with literally nothing no ideas um sometimes you might have like a hook idea or like a line you want to say um but i just go go in start from nothing and then we like talk a bit get a vibes what kind of stuff we're going to make today something a bit more up tempo energetic something that's going to go off live or something that's like sad and then we start working on a bit and then when we find something that we both kind of like can bob to and have melodies already to then you start like i just freestyle in the microphone like melody ideas and it sounds like absolute crap like for sure but you snap a bit snap a bit of snap a bit of tune on it and then you start getting melodies locked in and so you can re-sing them to make them sound good and then you, i write lyrics last to it um mainly that's pretty much how how we do it i usually get a song done in a day easy but it's good how, how many songs did you put out in one day max do you reckon my max i've done in one day is five wow that's yeah that's not not fully completed, but we wrote five hooks um, to five different songs, and then I've got all the other melodies done. So I just went away and on the planes, I would write like the verses and stuff like that. Where like I always think of stuff when I'm either on a plane or in a shower. That's, <laughs> that's the two spots. <laughs> the shower's I, magic. <laughs> I'm exactly the same thing, and I think I, I don't know, like with my you know announcing and things like that through basketball, and you know figuring out how to like you know the questions to ask people on dinner nights and things like that. Um, the thing with me, I don't know if it's with you, but I come up with my best ideas at the most like inappropriate times. Like if yeah. I'm doing something right now, I don't have access to pen and paper. I don't have access to like a script, you know, Microsoft Word or anything like that. All my ideas come when they don't need to come. Is, is yeah. that something you? 
Yeah, for sure. I mean, for me, for everything I've done, like with the social media, with video ideas, all that stuff, like in the past has just been literally in the shower. I'll just be standing like, oh, that's a genius. But I'm like, I don't want to get, I'm like, I don't want to get out yet. I'm just going to stay in and forget it. So yeah, you're, you're, you're almost going to go like a waterproof recorder or something, put in the shower and then start scrubbing, get your shampoo and dandruff, control shampoo, whatever you want in there. And and then just start, start freestyling, you know, shit in there. (laughs) Mate, honestly, if I did that, I'd probably be rich by now. I reckon I've had million-dollar ideas just go straight out the window. Yeah. <laughs> Haven't we all? <laughs> yeah, we, we all have, mate. We all have. Like, I guarantee you, like, especially right now, someone who saw the first, you know, news article in January about coronavirus, I, I bet you they were thinking, oh, let's just get some face masks out there and we'll sell millions, but they just, you know, forget about it. And that's, that's the drama, I guess. For sure, for sure. In isolation, are you just looking out on your lawn and thinking, that could do with a bit of work? Well, save your back, because our partners at V&V Landscaping are still open for business. If you need some beautiful landscaping done at your property or business, V&V Landscaping are the team for you. Call Otto on 0416 056 555. That's Otto on 0416 056 555. For a quote, V and V landscaping. But yeah, like, um, I, who are your music inspirations? Because I don't want to like you know flatter you too much, but I listen to your stuff and I get a lot of Post Malone vibes about it. Is, is that sort of where you get a lot of inspiration about? Yeah, for sure. Um, ever since I heard White Iverson, I was like, oh, who's yeah. this guy? And then I I like watched the music video and some white dude with braids, like some fat white dude in the <laughs> middle of the desert. Yeah. I was like, this guy is so cool. And then I, I found out he actually was like a country musician and he was like doing Western songs and on his guitar. And I was like, this guy's voice is crazy. I just followed him. And now he's obviously like one of the biggest stars in the world. So yeah. obviously watching him from going to putting out a viral song to going so big um, is very inspiring. But I mean, I draw a lot of inspiration from everything I listened to, like growing up, even, you know, rock songs, um, a bit of like Red Hot Chili Peppers and stuff like that yeah. in my newer music. There's a, there's a bit of like kind of rock, um, I don't know, instrumentals and, and melodies coming. So it, I don't know, it, it's kind of a mix between a lot. And obviously I spent a lot of time in America, so hip hop's so big over there. You don't listen to anything else, so, you know. I've, I've taken a little bit from everything, I guess, and just kind of done my own thing, which is cool. Hip-hop is, like, easily, like, Spotify have, have backed it up and Apple Music have backed it up. It's the number one music genre in uh-huh. the world. Yeah, like, and yeah. to be part of that, 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 that's pretty cool. Yeah, for sure. And, like, uh, for me, it's crazy because I've had, obviously, A Boogie with the hoodie on on my second single. Who's, he was the 70th most listened to artist in the world when he recorded um, my verse for me and ASAP 12 So, like, being kind of you know having influences and bringing them into some of my tracks i'm just some kid from yarra glenn i've got some of the biggest rappers in the world on songs which is crazy to me and you know i I love that and i love how they get around australian music and want to help and all that stuff so it's awesome yeah yeah i was i was gonna bring up like you got uh a boogie woohoo on your red light song wasn't it Uh yeah how does that even happen like how like i'm (laughs) How, how, I don't get that. Like, how, how does he like? Well, I don't get it. How does that even? So, so we're signed to the same like record label. So I'm with Warner Music yep. Australia, and he's um, with Atlantic, which is Warner in America. Yep. So um, he was touring here. He was they were playing. I think it was Laneway. I was saying. I think it was Laneway. Um, yep. Yeah, and he like they were just 
wanted to set up sessions and my they came into Sydney, uh, went into the office of Warner and then my A&R was like, yo, I've got this artist who's got this song. I already had the song done. I wrote it with guys in Sweden from my bedroom in Sydney. And we were going to put out no matter what because we were like, this song's sick. It's so just easy listening. And then he his management heard it and they were like, oh, yeah, this is sick. We'll send it to him. And then he listened to it. He's like, yeah, this is sick. I'll get on this for sure. And, um, you know, I didn't think it was going to happen because like my – my A&R, which is the, my music kind of relations guy at Warner, was like, yeah, um, we've got A Boogie. He said yes to your song. Because I kind of was like, oh, let's get him on a song as a joke. Yeah. And they were like, yeah, 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 we'll make it happen. I was like, yeah, well, whatever, <laughs> whatever. And then, yeah, a couple of days later, like, yeah, he's going to do the verse. And I was like, that's crazy. And I literally spent two weeks on the edge of my seat. Like, I think I was in Queensland at the, at, at the time at the beach. And I'm just sitting there like this is this going to happen or not? And I was like, oh, and because every single city he'd go to, he, they had to go to the studio after the festival and sometimes it'd be so late, sometimes he wouldn't go. So I didn't know if it was going to happen and it literally happened in Perth on the last night that he was in Australia. So we got it done. That's clutch. If I, 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 I kind of just, yeah, I kind of just woke up with the verse in my inbox and when I listened to it, I was like, this fits so well. I love this. So yeah, I was so happy. That's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. Like, the, is, is he someone that you're keeping in touch with? Um, I, I saw him last month or a month and a half ago at, oh, I can't remember, uh, FOMO, I think. I think it was FOMO. Yeah. Um, yeah, so he was playing and I went backstage and hung out and, you know, we took a photo and stuff, which was cool. He's, he's, he's like, young. He's just killing it. So, I know it was, it was pretty cool. How old are you? 22, 23? Is that how old yeah. are you? I think he's like 22 or something, yeah. Yeah. Is, is he someone that like can get you connections with a lot of other guys in like uh, from Atlantic? Um, I I think it's more to do with not through the artists themselves. I think it's more through their managers and if you right. you know if you've got relationships with their teams and stuff like that. But um, I mean, who knows what happens in the future? Maybe we'll do another something else together or we'll see what happens. Yeah, I saw I saw that um, you know your most recent song. What was that? Out of space. Uh huh. That was an absolute banger. I assume when they dropped, that was that was pretty cool. That was one of the better songs I've heard this year, without question. Thank uh, you. The DJ who produced that was Fawcett Beast, wasn't it? He was a Triple J guy. Have you done much with Triple J? Um, yeah, so Triple J have supported like all of my music uh, uh, since Solitude. They they got on Solitude pretty pretty heavily, and you know probably probably a big reason why it's literally hit six million last night on Spotify. Um, six mil. Yeah, six mil, which is nuts for my first song ever. So I'm pretty stoked about that. But um, yeah, Foss is dope. He works with um, he works with a lot with Post Malone's producer FK FKI first, who actually did do, who did do White Iverson and stuff. And um, Foss has got a few. He's got a post cut, and he's got I think he's got a weekend cut. He's done a Trevor Daniel stuff, BB Rexer. So he's dope. He's in Melbourne. He's killing it. And we've done literally ten songs together. So I've got a song coming out on his. EP um, probably soon this year and then we've definitely got some more this year coming out together so yeah me and him got pretty close he's one of the producers that I work with a lot in Melbourne now so it's good Is it fair to say that uh, Foster is Australia's DJ Khaled just another one? <laughs> another one um, he will be soon probably not Great. yet but he will be he'll, he'll, he'll be good he's blowing up Yeah well I, I do want to get you. I do want to ask what you thought of all day. Was he cool to work with? Yeah, or he's the nicest person ever. Like, um, I toured with him late last year. Yeah. Uh, he, had, he had me on his tour, which I opened for 
which was my first literally live shows ever. And that was insane. So um, we kind of, he was like, yeah, I'm down to do a session. Send me something that you're working on to, to get a vibe. And I sent him out of space because we already had that done too. And I had yeah. a second verse that I actually loved. I was like, yeah, I love this song. Like this is done. It's just going to be me. And everyone's like, my manager was like, yeah, it's just going to be you. You've done enough features. <laughs> then all day I was like, yo, I need to get on this. It's a hit. And I was like, okay, fine. Yeah. Yes, do it. But then he, he smashed it. So, yeah. And we did the music video and hung out. And, yeah, he's dope. Do you, um, do you see a lot of potential it's still with Australian rap uh, and, and how much it can blow up? Yeah, I mean, it hasn't even – I feel like it hasn't even started yet. Like, Australian rap's very – or and hip-hop's very – in itself and i think you know especially with one four and stuff they're starting to get international eyes with the grime australian grime scene and mm-hmm. so i think australian hip-hop has a lot of like has a lot of future internationally um coming so it's it's quite exciting one of my favorite guys that's doing it right now is manu crooks um he has done some of the best music i reckon not even just australian hip-hop is he someone that you're gonna you know try to hook up with or would like to hook up with yeah, I definitely would like to um, see if something would work out between us. We'll we'll see what happens. I don't I don't know. Um, I've worked with his I've worked with his producer Joy before. Yeah. Joy's she's really sick. She's another artist too. She toured with like Demi Lovato and stuff overseas. So she's a dope producer that I'd like to work more with. But we've done one song together. Might be coming out. So yeah, because that song Fuego when that when that yeah, that's one of my favorites. It's last like it's just. Yeah. Easily one of the greatest songs that we've ever produced coming out of Australia. Yeah. I'm excited about Have you heard a kid called um, Creed the Kid? Go okay, listen to his song. He's got a song called Vibes. You'll, you'll love it. It's sick. Yeah. Not a bad deserves track. A, it deserves a track um, on the Killsife warm up. You reckon, Killsife, you reckon it's a Killsife warm up song? You reckon? Um, yeah, bro. I'll tell you what. I, lately, I have, like, because I would say my main genre for my whole life has been hip hop. Um, mm. Lately, over the last few weeks, I've been going on like an old school rock and roll type binge, a lot of like Led Zeppelin type stuff, Pink Floyd yeah. type stuff. It's good, to, it's good um, to switch it up. Yeah, switch it up a little bit. But are you going to do like a Snoop Dogg one time and drop like a reggae album? Like what's are you going to switch some things up or? Dude, I mean, all, all of my music so far has been, I feel so different from each other. I mean, all the songs yeah, are like nowhere nowhere near the same so i've done like a an indie pop record i've done some hip-hop stuff with asap 12 i've done like a straight pop record just okay and all this new stuff's very um manipulated vocals and i mean i don't know if you heard the, the song i dropped last week or whatever stella but it's very it's it's a lot different sounding to the stuff i've put out and this ep that's dropping next month is along the same lines of that but then i've got another ep and another one after that this year and they're all so different from each other so there's definitely a lot of moods and genres coming out of me this year, which is which is I'm excited for, and I'm excited to hear what people actually think about all the different stuff because I know it's going to hit people differently. So yeah, do you uh, do you get a lot of like um, trepidation because there's a lot of like old I used to be one of these people, a lot of like old head mentalities in the game where just because you're auto tuning your voice a little bit and making it sound a little differently that people you know have a go at you for it. Are you encountering any of that or not really? To be honest, like, not really because and it doesn't matter though. But like, I mean, I if I have, I haven't really noticed. I don't really pay attention. To that I mean, I've got songs that that sound better. Like, for an example, I toured right and I played a song, um, uh, "Mile High" by Travis Scott and James Blake. 
Yep. And yep. we we I sung all James Blake's stuff pretty much dry with you know vocal effects to make it sound good live, mm-hmm. as everyone does. And then in Travis Scott's verse, we had the auto tune turned fully up, so it sounded so it sounded auto tuned as. So it actually is, you know, fits the vibe of the song and makes it sound better. It's cooler to listen to. And it like, it literally made the song sick. So, I mean, my voice, my voice has been pitched down, pitched up to make effects and yeah, it's just to make it sound better and to make it interesting. You know, you don't, no one wants to hear someone singing dry on a song the whole time, like with fully produced track, like that doesn't make sense. And no one's ever done that. So I mean, yeah. some of my songs have more auto-tune than others. Some of them have literally none that are stripped back. So, yeah, I mean, it's just a sound. It's a vibe. Yeah. yeah. I mean, as far as I'm concerned, music was invented to make people dance. And if people are dancing, it's done its job. Like, that's all exactly. that matters. Really. Um, yeah. That is all that matters. But, yeah, I, I, I guess and it just depends on the song, what you do with it, I guess. If you hear it and then you think, oh, that needs a little bit more, that needs a little less. Is that a hard process to, to master or is that pretty easy after a while? I mean, that's not really on, on me. It's on yeah, the producer. It's producer. producer, really. But also, like, we make songs, we make songs with, like, a vocal chain or whatever and up to the standard of something that's going to be played on the radio and something that's going to be pl- cut on a Netflix show or something that's going to be in a movie. You know, you have to keep to that standard. So... I've, I obviously work on my vocals every single day for the past two years. It's my job. I do vocal training with um, Chris Sebastian, Guy Sebastian's little brother, and like really? I've worked. Yeah, I've worked on my vocals crazy I, for like two that years. Is insane. Yeah, so I mean, he's helped me so much um, and transformed my voice so much. Honestly, like five years ago, I couldn't sing for shit, like at all. I had like all I had was a tone, which is what I was told. You can't really teach that, so I was like okay, this is something. And then I kind of went with it and just had fun with it and obviously been taking it seriously the last two, two, three years. So I've been really like basketball training. You got to train your voice every single day. So it's like, yeah, yeah it doesn't just happen. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, you're, I mean, you're still like a physical athlete in, uh, in a lot of ways. Especially when you look at the jump shots on that uh, out of space video that was dropping. So, you know, you've got, a, <laughs> you've got that down pat. Um, yeah, I was playing yeah. street ball in Sydney. <laughs> yeah, street ball in Sydney. As, as much of all that is, like, you have to sing. It's vocal athletics, really, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. literally your throat gets tired, your vocal cords get fatigued, and you literally have to train them. It's exactly like you train your body, so. do, you, do you, Have you cut milk out a lot? Do, do you still drink milk or? Not before shows or not before I'm singing or anything like that. I won't. Yeah. But in everyday life, yeah, I'll have a coffee and stuff. Um but, you know, there's certain things. My, my go-to routine before a show was um, Fireball. Vodka, fireball. Really? Is yeah, I, had fireball? A, I, I carried around the little ones to each show, so I just drink them. One, help the nerves. Two, it, like, warms your throat, vocal cords, and, you know, soothes it. So I, was, I heard about it, and I was like, yeah, I'll do that. <laughs> oh, oh, to be honest, if of- I didn't have Fireball or I didn't have some sort of whiskey or bourbon after announcing like a double header down there at Killside, there's no way I could do it again. There is no way. I go home, I pour maybe one or two shots straight in. I don't I don't chase it with anything. I put like one ice cube in and I sip that through, make sure it gets there. it's literally a lifesaver. It does Yeah dude, it's it's a cheat code. It is it is honest to God, it is a cheat code. <laughs> if you are a professional performer and for some reason you don't drink, I don't know how you do it. It just doesn't make sense to me. 
It's either that or like when I was on tour, a lot of them were drinking um green teas. But for me, I, I couldn't do it. I was like, nah. I'm just having green tea. Yeah. But the, is, there, is there a big music uh, scene change like in terms of Sydney, Melbourne? Like what's the differences there? What's the similarities? Yeah, I mean, uh, I feel like there's a lot of different songwriters in Melbourne than there are in Sydney. Um, a lot of people in Sydney are kind of the ones that are going from to and from LA or they've done one thing that's big. And But a lot of Melbourne's very underground and really cool, um, which is more of kind of where I wanted my songwriting to go yeah. rather than just pop and, you know. But, I mean, there's some great songwriters in Sydney that I'll continue to fly back and work with um, and producers. I kind of build a little team of, like, who I really – who gets my vibe and, like, knows where I want to go and – I know that we could make something special. So I can't only work with people like that, but I'm definitely open to, you know, new people. And But it's, you know, it's all about relationships and vibes. And if you guys connect and gel together, if you're not going to get something special, if that's not the case, you know? Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Is So it's not like East Coast versus West Coast type stuff, is it? You know, Tupac's not going to shoot Biggie. <laughs> I mean, maybe, but that's, that's kind of like all... All Australia, I feel like Australia is kind of behind in the fact that don't a lot of people don't really want to help each other. They kind of just still want to go to themselves. Um, yeah. Which is, I mean, I'm a big fan of collaborating and collaboration yeah. and and welcoming new mixes into the you know into my stuff so it sounds better and different and it can get it to that next level. You know, there's no point just like everyone being selfish by themselves. So I think there's still a little bit of that around, which is sad, but it's definitely getting a lot better and. You know, people are starting to form teams, which is cool. Yeah, because like, you know, yeah, you, you don't really build an industry by hating everybody else. You build an industry by showing you know respect, and and that's going to bring up more revenue, I think, isn't it? Yeah, for sure, and definitely get the Australian music scene um, popping international, which is what we need. Yeah, do you uh, you like Tones and I, all that sort of new stuff that's coming out, Dance Monkey? <laughs> I mean, I don't, don't talk to me about dance. Like, I don't know if I'm allowed to say this, but I think it's my least favorite song ever. Look, <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I, I mean, I, I like it. I think it's all right. Um, and you know, but then again, I mean, if it if it makes you dance, if it makes you dance, it makes you dance. Just it doesn't make me dance, but that's okay. No, it doesn't make me dance either. It doesn't make me dance at all. It makes a lot of people dance, but it doesn't make me dance. That's uh, that's 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 for damn sure. That's but, fair uh, enough. <laughs> anyway, I, 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 there's, I got to ask you, who do you think won, three sixty or Kurza? Oh, three sixty for sure. You got three sixty. Bro, I used to watch all those rap battles back in the day. Like, how, how long ago was that? Ten years? Oh, yeah, it could be ten years, surely. It's got to be ten years. Yeah, for sure. I used to I, laugh so much at that. I personally got Kurza to get there on that one. Really? I got Kurza. I think he's, I think he, he's a more talented rapper. You know, he's. He's gotten better bars. He's probably been yeah. more savage on the mic too. I think it was a bit, it was crazy. I just liked it because 360 was funny. That's pretty much why. 360 is super funny. I'll give you that, yeah. Yeah, so that's kind of why I liked it. Yeah. Um, who are... This is a question I ask everybody, even if they're, if they're a music person or not. Top five favourite rappers ever. Go. Top five favourite rappers. Yeah. You're a rapper. Who are your top five? God, that's that's so hard. I mean, I I feel like it changes all the time. I mean, you got to go Kendrick, 
Yeah. You've got to put J- Jay Cole in there. Right. Um, my boy Bars, you've got to put him in there. He's he's coming up so hard. Um, and then I've got like, oh, like two changes, Sig, Drake. Oh, I know there's so many. Um, man, I've got to get on my playlist, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> no Kanye, no Eminem? Kanye for sure. Kanye was my most listened to person on Spotify last year. Really? Yeah. I was like apparently top 2% of his fans. You know how it says those stats? It's crazy. Top 2%. Yeah. yeah. I, I had this playlist. It said just, it was just Kanye. It was just all Kanye. And I just listened to it all the time. Was that one of like the Your Daily Mix things or? No, nah, it was literally just a Kanye playlist I found. And it had all these good stuff in it. And I was like, yeah, this is sick. So do you I'm miss sure. the old Kanye or do you like the new Kanye? I like, I, I miss the old Kanye, but I also, I enjoy mixing in the new Kanye too. But I, like, if I'm listening to him, I'm going back to and I'm coming forward, like the whole thing. Listen to it all. Yeah, that's All the old yeah. videos of him coming out now that have hit him, like, just starting and, like, doing poetry and all that's crazy. Yeah. Have you seen those? I haven't seen them yet. Yeah, they're on Facebook and stuff of him, like, he's, like, 17 and 18 and stuff doing poetry. Yeah, it's so sick. I, I, I don't know if you ever watched that uh, Jamie Foxx talk about it. But I really want to watch the Kanye West like with the backpack rocking up to the yeah. parties. Like, yeah, I want, yeah, I heard that story. I want to see if that's ever been like you know on video or anything. That'd be some of the coolest. Needs to, someone needs to make a movie about that. His life, you know. Yeah, someone does need to, and you know, the obvious title is graduation. Like that's that's the he has to call out the title for the movie. Hundred percent. You're sitting at home all day in isolation. What do you do? You grab some fresh gear from hoop to hoop. Our official uniform and apparel supplier. And Spalding, our official ball partners from the Cobras Locker Room online store. Receive 20% off all orders over $100 for a limited time only. Visit killsythebasketball.com.au forward slash store to check out our great range of gear, balls, mini hoops and more. That is Hoop to Hoop and Spalding. Like, right, so what are you doing to pass time? Because... COVID-19 is shutting everything down. Like, what are you doing to pass time? Because I have just, you know, I'm trying to put off watching Tiger King as long as I can. Like, So I've got something to do later on. Like, what are you doing to pass time? Because it's, in, it's insane what's going on. So every day I sleep in a little bit because I stay up the night before. My sleep resume is just gone out the window. I don't know what day it is. I don't know what day it is ever. Um, but every day I try and at least do something exercise, either like just play ball in the backyard, go for a run or do a workout. Like if I do that, then I just feel better about my life. So mm-hmm. it just definitely helps me because I'm a bit sloppy at the moment. I have been, um, then I'll try and I've got a bunch of like songs I've got to finish off lyrically. So I'll try and just come in here and, and work on stuff. But honestly, I've been playing a lot of NBA 2K, <laughs> grinding my my player. He's he's a powerful. He's a stretch four, and he does not miss. Does not miss. Par- I'm in the park just baptizing kids. Baptizing kids. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then a little bit of COD too. You know. Yeah, a little bit of Call of Duty in there. You got to play that, dude. Like, if I didn't have that, I don't know what I'd be doing. Like, watching everything on Netflix, but I'd been so bored. Yeah, you do get bored of Netflix after a while. Like, it's just, it, it becomes the same thing again and again, doesn't it? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. What do you, like, do you have any, like, workout tips for, you know, because you're an athlete. Uh, do you have any workout tips for the kids? 
Yeah, I mean, there's this app called Nike Training. Yeah. I think it came with my Apple Watch, but I'm not sure. But I downloaded it on my phone anyway, and there's like little workouts, 15 minutes. They kill you. You can choose like abs. None of them have like there. Some of them are body weight. Some of them you can pick your equipment. I just use that, and that that actually is so good. My sister's also a personal trainer, but she lives in um Queensland, so yeah. I, I get her to send me like boxing or skipping workouts, and she sends them down. But I mean, you can go for a run, do that in a day, shoot some hoops. Yeah, because you know? like my like my F forty five studio is doing like Zoom live. Are you guys doing that with your sister? No, I should though. I'm trying to maybe I'll get into the aerobics stuff. You know, the the watching the old nineties aerobics, getting that going. I would recommend getting that. I would recommend getting that. <laughs> I won't film it. I'll just do it. Make sure no one's home. <laughs> to be honest, if you did that, it could that could be like a real walk it, talk it type video clip. Like you know that one. Yeah, walk it, like it, talk it. Migos. Oh, Migos, they're favorite rappers too, for sure. Yeah, you want to put me there? Yeah. I'll get you. But yeah, like, Migos in there. Do, do you remember that like old school film clip that they produced it with that, you know, if you got yeah. like, if you did some sort of like, you know, dance and, and stuff like this, you can make that a, a pretty cool little film clip. You, you ever thought about that? Dude, I'm thinking about ways I can get a film clip out now. I've, I literally just ordered a green screen. I'm going to, me and my mate are going to try and edit in some crazy green screen video for the for the new single. But, like, I can't do much, so I'm, I'm open to ideas for sure. <laughs> How about you get the family in the hair salon studio out back and, you know, just, like, like washing the hair and... Get and some then, afros happening, some old-school afros and... Old-school yeah, afro. That. Get, like, someone to come in and twerk on the track or something like that. Like, what do you reckon? <laughs> I'll have to get Ranger back in when he had the big red afro. Yes, that was a huge <laughs> afro. Speaking of <laughs> Speaking about those guys, do you catch up with many of the Killsides boys still, like Kyle and Regan and Nubbergs and stuff like that? Yeah, um, I speak to Kyle literally every day. Um, yeah. We lived together in Sydney for six months Yeah, when he was playing with the Kings. Yeah. Um, Regs, for sure, I still, we're still like really good mates. Um, I, last time I was in Melbourne, um, Kyle hosted a little Killside reunion. So all the Seville boys, well, not all of them, but as, as many as we could, Got up to um, Brighton. We had a little bit of a dinner, so that was fun. Yeah, dinner. That, 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 that's all it was, wasn't it? Just a dinner. <laughs> yeah, it was too far for everyone to drink, so. Too far for everyone to drink. There was a few boys going around, but yeah. I, think, I think there was homemade pizzas made, so it was, it was not bad. Showing our age, for sure. Yeah. It, if, you're back in, if you're back in Victoria, are you, you ever thinking about uh, lacing up the Kobe's and, t- and taking them for another run? It's funny that you say that. I'm thinking I, I miss basketball competing so much. Like yeah. I, that aspect of my life is like, I miss it so much. I I want to come back and train and, you know, play. I'll do, I'll do it some, I'll play something. I'll play something for sure. Whether it's at MSAC, whether it's maybe training kill stuff again. I don't know. I don't know. If, I don't know. I might be trash now, you know. Oh, mate, I, 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 I'm not going to say that. Um, you know, I, I, I can just imagine the team right now, you know. As is, you know, we're not playing this year, but next year, I think we're going to be starting. Uh, I think eighty Tomato is going to get the start. I think we then we got Isaac Turner on one wing. You know, you've got yourself on the other wing, and then you've got you know um, big Trey Moses down on the block, and and then Benny Ursich running around doing his thing. Hey, it'd be a nice little team, wouldn't it? No, a nice athletic team. 
Nice, nice athletic team. Nice athletic team. I, I look forward to that. Mate, I, I, I need a year of straight running just to get back fit, fit enough. Yeah, do, do you reckon you're fit enough to run 30 minutes? Oh, hell no. <laughs> I, actually, it's funny. I spoke to Rod the other day on the phone for like an hour and a half. Really? He gave me a little FaceTime. Yeah, he gave me a FaceTime. It was actually really good to catch up. He said he used to still, he still watches all my old highlights. All the he boys. He old highlights, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah. Man, we, had a good, we had a good team. We had a good team. Yeah, that was an awesome team. I, I can't remember. Were you on that team where you were down three at Mount Gambia? and we, Lost by one. Yeah. Do, ben yeah. Allen. I still remember that like it was yesterday. It was Ben Allen hitting that three. That, that's just no good. Bad memories. That, that, we, were, we were so close to winning the Sable Championship. Cause that was the was that the semi was that or the yeah that was the semi wasn't it and then and that, and that was the best team in the league too so if we beat them we would have um we would have had Northwest Tassie I think or who was it Nunnally I can't remember either way that game would have been a killy and it would have been oh man I remember would have bought it home I remember I didn't I didn't have a luxury of going up to watch that game live but I did watch it at home mm-hmm. and and that was heartbreaking that was probably that was probably the most heartbreaking thing Killside has ever endured. You know, COVID, COVID included. Dude, think, thinking about like the struggle of like the Siebel team making or like a grand final, mm. and then all of us kids coming up and like training together, and like we were the underdogs for years, for every season, and we just make the finals, and like it was just like some movie script, you know. And we and we finally got there with like all the young kids we had. Just playing, playing all the kids' minutes, and like everyone stepped up that game. Timmy, Joel, Cam, and it was just like we were there, and so I still remember it. It's like so, it's so sad. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> man, do do? that was that was a that was a crazy time. I like I remember when you know you guys used to play all your home games at Kills. Like it would sell out. Like you would just everyone was raw because it was a true home court. Yeah. Uh, you know. Do you do you look back on that a lot and think, Jesus, sure, man, like is that was awesome, wasn't it? Like it, I look back on that and I think like I don't if I went back now I don't know if it'd still be the same because that like expectation of everything was so it was so high and fun and you yeah. know and intense it was crazy like and emotional you know that whole thing like basketball was everyone's life there <laughs> it was so it was so sick but um. I definitely miss it, and I, I do look at all the highlights and watch some of our games back every now and then. Of get, of get a new friend or something. I'm like, you want to watch this? Yeah. <laughs> what's these highlights? Yeah, this is what I used to be before you knew me, you know? And then they're just yeah. like, oh, this guy's kind of legit, isn't he? So, but, yeah. I mean, bringing up Rod Pop, that that brings up so much memories. He, he was, was he the most, like, cast master Type guy to, to to have coach was he super serious or was he pretty laid back or dude honestly like in when you look back at it now he had like he cared about us like his players so much like um emotionally and like he used to say he used to say to us every training like you guys are like my family and he used to get so upset when we lost it would make him angry and like yeah he ripped on us and he like called us names and like but you know it th- that motivated everyone in the team like no one wanted to let rod down no one wanted to like you know miss the miss a shot no one wanted, like everyone wanted to be better and stuff so i think it, he brought out the best in literally everyone i think kyle especially like kyle i don't think kyle would be 
we well, probably would because it's Kyle, but you know yeah. where where he is without without Rod's guidance and and like his confidence to just go and shoot the ball from half court, like you know what I mean? Yeah, and that's fine. Like that's that that's so big for someone. Because I remember when back when I first started there, it would have been you know, two thousand and ten or something like that. I'm going on ten years down there now, and that's and crazy. I remember when I first started, it was Hayden Smith and Rod Pop in an interview, and they used to show me like clips of all these other like inspirational announcers, and they said we want you to be like that, we want you to be like that, and I said I'll try, and then <laughs> my and then eventually it got to a stage where like they wanted me to do a bit more so i started interviewing and i remember you guys it was like a, a pre it was a prelim or something like that it was the first round of the finals of the playoffs it was the first round of the playoffs and you you're, you're playing at home and then you won and then you were playing away for the next you know x amount of rounds regardless and i asked i asked him a question i remember i remember because this is i remember like yesterday and i said so what can Killside expect of you guys next year? Because they weren't playing there again. But then he was like, he said to me in front of the whole stadium, he answered the question. He's like, well, Robbie, we've got a game next week. So that's kind of a dumb question. And, <laughs> and, and I, just, I just remember like the hard life, the hard, the hard, the hard sort of criticism is what builds people up. And, you know, this is just a quick message to all those Killside kids out there. Uh, don't complain. Don't be a snowflake. If your coach is giving you some hard criticism, it's probably because you need to hear it. Is that something that, that you agree with? Yeah, you probably need to hear it, and he probably believes in you to be able to get to that next level. Exactly. And exactly. So I think if, if your coach isn't paying you attention and telling you, he probably doesn't care, like doesn't want, doesn't, you know, doesn't think it's worth saying that to you. I think if you're getting any sort of criticism from a coach or even anyone in life, um, that has knowledge of something that you're doing. I think it's very important to listen and try and take take in what they're saying and improve yourself or your game and whatever you're doing. Yeah, because that was a fun time. And, uh, and another point on and another point on that I will say is you have to. In, in, I imagine this sort of ties in with your music a little bit as well. If you're gonna listen to the good feedback, you sort of have to give equal weight to the bad feedback too, don't you? One hundred percent. I mean, you can't really get to that next level or to the next step oh. if you don't take both sides, you know? Yeah. Because a lot of the time, people that are telling you the good stuff are only, only ha- you know, can only see the good stuff. They don't really want to see the bad stuff or they don't want to tell you about it, so. Yeah. Do you, uh, do you know that a lot? Like, are people do people try to ride your coattails a little bit? You know, you get a bit successful and do you have a lot of people that, you know, sort of pop up every now and then just uh, asking for stuff? Is, is that hard to manage? I mean, I don't think I'm at that level yet, right. but um, uh, here and there. But like, honestly, you, you know who your true friends are and who who the real people in your life are. So I mean, I'm kind of very, I'm like grounded. I'm from country town, you know. I'm always going to be pretty real. So it's not really gonna. I don't think that's going to affect me too much because I'll just be like, you know. Yeah, it's just Jacko Brazier. That's all that matters. It's just me. It's just, it's just you. me. Need a reason to get out of bed in the morning? How about a coffee from Double Shot Coffee? Double Shot are still trading from their mobile coffee van in Montrose. Enjoy the best beans in town and friendly service from the Double Shot van at 95 Swansea Road, Montrose. Double Shot Coffee. I've got to ask you as well. I've got to ask you. What, what, what are some of my top three memories from Killside Time? 
Dude, those years were honestly like best years, best years of my life. Like the competitiveness nature that I gained from Killsyth and I did 11 years there, I think, or 12, 10, I don't know. Yeah. Um, it was literally a, like a new family, a culture. I loved everything about it. Three memories. Definitely when we won the championship, the Youth League Championship. I remember um, that. I remember that, yep. Yeah, I've got that big jersey still framed. Yep. I had my appendix out, so I was playing the semifinals with my appendix out and padded. That's insane. Um, on Danger Dale, who's in bloody played for Baylor and stuff like that, so he went yep. on doing big things, which is crazy. Um, pretty sure he's a, I'm pretty sure he got a um, a summer league spot at a, mm. uh, Houston. I think it was. Yeah, um, yeah, he's. So- he was super talented, probably the hardest guy I've ever played against. <laughs> but it was it was a good challenge. Um, going to America with Killsyth. Yeah. When we were that- sixteen. Yeah, sixteen. That when we were sixteen. Yeah. That was that was literally one of the funnest times of my life with all my mates. It was so good. Um, and definitely Siebel. You know, um, that those three years of Siebel where, um, we had the same group, and we were like just bonding together, trying to get better, and we and we like. Improved so much. That was those three years were definitely a big memory. Um, they'll probably last with me forever. Some best years of my life for sure. Yeah, bringing up Daniel Dell, that sort of brings up some sour memories because I remember when it was a couple of years after, or maybe in the year after that your VYC tenure was done. Um, I remember the VYC boys had a chance to win a championship at home against Waverley, um, and then they Kwame, won- Kwame. Kwani Kwani, Deng Adele, and Muwat Deng, they all brought them back for that, for that last game at Killsite. And, uh, yeah, they uh, ran through us like uh, like pigs in mud. It was something – it was insane. That was uh, that was a pretty tough day for me. So thanks for the uh, – thanks for the uh, – for the, for the, for the, um, Yeah, for my that, bad. It yeah, just, like, it goes to prove show you how good those guys actually were and, like, you know, how strong our team literally was to be able to – Beat them time and like a f- we beat them like a lot of times, like three yeah. times. So, I mean, yeah, we were good. <laughs> we were good. I think as well. Like, do you, I mean, because you weren't, I'm not, I don't think I'm telling any tales out of school here. You weren't the biggest dude on the court at all times. Like, there were guys that would, oh no, like kilos on you. I was playing four. I was playing four men against big American imports when I was bloody six four, weighing eighty kilos. Yeah, you know? and I just like. I had yeah. to find a way. I had to find a way. How do you find a way in that situation? Like, what do you do? I mean, uh, I don't know if you remember, but my thing was steals. <laughs> you, yes, I do. I do. You, you were sneaky in those passing lanes. I, you just, were... used to cop, I just used to cop steals because, like, they thought that had me posted. I'd just separate and just, like, take the pass every single yeah. time. I was I'm, Honestly, like, naturally, I think in all sports I played, I was really good at reading, reading the play. Yeah. Um, reading, reading sports and like seeing what people are going to do before they do it. I just like that was a, I don't know, something that came naturally to me that I, I just had to build on because I was not the biggest ever. But like in offense, like they couldn't guard me either because I was big and slow. So it was kind of like either it's a, win, it's a, it's a win boost sort of thing, I guess. It's a zero sum game. I I hated playing four. I used to tell right. I'm like, do I really have to play four? Put me put me in a one, two, three. Put me in anything. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, oh, you're playing five now. I'm like, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, it was uh, fun. We- that's insane. But yeah, like I remember those. I remember those times because you know there would be like situations where you know the American import he's got like five six inches on you. He's down on the low block. They got the ball on the wing. They're looking for that entry, 
And I remember just thinking up in the blocks, oh, this can be barbecue chicken. But then, boom, out of nowhere, we're running back down the other end on break. I'm like, mm, that's what Jackson does for you. So I do remember. Get in the passing lanes. That's it. Who were some of your basketball influences growing up? Because, like, basketball like you, I'd have to say, like, Chris Paul, maybe, like, a Sean Livingston, to Andre Iguodala type stuff. Like, who, who, who Dude, do you watch? You, 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 know, you know what I'm going to say. I used to watch MJ videos. I've watched every – I've got every MJ DVD there is. I watched yeah. every single – before every Saturday game, I used to watch uh, Michael Jordan to the max every, yeah. single, every single Saturday, and I'd go out there and just try and score 40. Yeah. <laughs> and then – um, I mean, Kobe, you can't go past one of the greatest of all times, rest in peace. Yep, um, like, yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. Kobe, MJ, I was always going for the best, you know, yeah. why, why, why model yourself after someone who's not the best when you can yeah. model yourself after the best. So, yeah, I mean, uh, I mean, yeah, go for, go for gold and that's all you should do. Mm-hmm. Did you watch the last dance documentary on Netflix? Yeah, so good. I can't wait for next week. Pretty good. I didn't have high hopes of it just because, you know, I didn't really back ESPN as a producer, but, but they kind of did really good. Yeah. yeah. To be to be honest, I, I was there was a lot of hype because I was watching videos of like NBA players reacting and like tweeting saying how insane this is. And then as yeah. soon as I was like as soon as they said we let a camera crew um follow us around that whole last season, ninety seven, ninety eight, I was like, This is gonna be sick. So yeah. and MJ he's just like he's just a boss. Like he when you watch that documentary, there's no question that he was the best player of all time. Like, there's no question because that day and age where he literally transformed the game by himself, like come into a team, turned his high school team that summer into a winning team, turned his college team into a winning team. Anyone he touched instantly turned into a winning team, which is crazy. I mean, there's always that argument with LeBron and stuff, but for me, there's literally no question. Yeah, the argument with LeBron, I think, I don't. I don't agree with that argument. Um, it's so separate. It's so separate. Like you can't really compare them. They're different age, different, different day and age. You know. Yeah, because I mean, the six losses in LeBron's finals career is a, it's an indictment, right? Um, the more I, I think a more appropriate comparison in terms of greatest of all time. No one ever talks about Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Mm. He, he he won like five championships, six MVPs. Why isn't he considered as much like that? Like that, he should have these documentaries too. He should he should have these social media hype. Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, like it was funny because when you do watch the Last Dance, um, Larry Bird was saying like we had three, four, seven footers in our team, and they're all playing. So it's like they're playing one guard, four, seven footers, and MJ scoring layups, hoops around them. Like yeah. in the, in this league, there's like you know. Six foot five, six foot six, six foot seven, six ten, seven. You know, not four seven footed. So it's a completely different game now. But yeah, Kareem, he was like, yeah, insane. And how do you score against people like that all the time? You know, especially back in those days when you're like shaping the game. Yeah. The only the only argument I guess against the whole Michael Jordan thing is, what if you put like Steph Curry in that Bulls team against the big seven footers? They wouldn't be able to keep up with him. Yeah, true. But no one could shoot the ball like Steph can now back then. No one, yeah, I, exactly. Like So that's like that's where I think the comparisons can get lost a little bit because the game has changed and it's, it's a huge... So, I mean, there's so many more three-point shots taken now. The game's basically run at the three-point line compared to back in the day when you, you're doing dribble pull-ups and fades and, you know, floaters. MJ used to drive in on four dudes and just go like this. 
and Kobe, you know? Do, do you reckon the whole Steph Curry game would have flown under a Rod Pop system? Just pull up from anywhere and shoot it? <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> Kyle was Steph Curry. <laughs> I mean, he, he was a little bit, I guess. But, he, I mean, he wasn't putting up 15 three-pointers uh, a game. He was taking it to the rack a whole lot more. I mean, if I'm sure if we had a guy like Steph Curry making that sort of percentage from three, he'd have the green light to shoot whenever he wanted. Yeah, I'd still rather Kyle Adam, though, so that's all I'm going to say. He's a... Uh, Same. Same. One thing I've got to ask you, like, he wasn't always wild Kyle, was he? Like, that was something that the NBL decided to make up, wasn't it? Yeah, they, they made that up um, when he vomited on the court, I think. Is that where he came from? I think so. Because it was it, it was surfer kid first. It was a surfer kid. Because he had long blonde hair and he was everywhere. Yeah. And then he vomited. He, he was sick one game, vomited on the court, and then Wild Kyle appeared, I think. I think that's where it came from. Was that on like a televised, nationally televised regular season game? Yeah. How, yeah. I did not know that. How did I not know that? That is insane. I think go watch it. I think it's on um, YouTube. I think you can Google it. I'm going to YouTube Kyle Adnan vomits on basketball court and see what <laughs> Yeah, for sure. Um, I have a, I have a good feeling that his mum Belinda's going to watch this as well, and he's going to be and she's going to be thinking, "Oh my god, that's that's going to happen again." Yeah, well, I know. Last time I went to one of Kyle's games, they interviewed me at after at three quarter time, and I told I told everyone um, in Australia that Kyle likes to have Oreos and cups of teas before before his game. That's his go to meal. So, my bad. That's a, <laughs> I lived with the guy for six months, you know. I know exactly what he's eating. You know a bit of you know a bit more about Kyle Adam than most of us, that's for sure. Yeah. Good kid. Did you go to the um championship game where he got the uh, NBL ring? No, I was overseas, I think. You were overseas at the time? Was I've gone to literally I've got yeah, I've gone to literally every game where I'm in the same city as him I could go. I've gone. Yeah. But he's incredible. He's easily one of my favorite players of all time. Um you're up there as well, so don't worry too much about it. But uh, we've got um, we've got Oren McMillan, who he's, he he wants to come on and do one of these interviews as well coming up. Um, Oren McMillan, he's easily one of the coolest guys ever. And do you miss that long hair? Do you miss that beautiful mane of his? Thor, yeah, I miss Thor for sure. Yeah, you miss Thorin. Yeah, Thorin. Man, all the all the like, it was just the funnest and funniest times. Like that whole team, like we used to have the biggest laughs. All yeah. the nicknames, especially with Jezak, like it was just—it was just a classic. It was just so fun, and yeah. everyone just loved each other. It was so good. Jared was just old man Jared, wasn't it? Like he was old, just old man. Yeah. Do you remember? That? I think it was an overtime game, but you remember that game-winning three he had? He did the airplane. The airplane. Yeah. Oh man, that was sick. Hey, that was so good. That was awesome. Like they were the best times. They were seriously cool to have all those guys back, and and. You know, I think you know Peter Godfrey's now the uh, NBL one head coach down there, so he's he's homegrown. You're homegrown. I think you 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 got to be welcome, mate. You got to be. Man, I reckon get my fitness back. I'll get my fitness back, and I'm gonna be knocking on Pete's door. Don't knock on Pete's door. Bring him a slab of Vicks. I'm sure he'd appreciate that. Uh, I won't be drinking them because I'll be fit, but he can drink them. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) You you bring him the slab of Vicks, and you'll have the slab of Mount Franklin's, and you're ready to rock and roll. I reckon. That's it. Hey, before I let you go, because uh, you know I don't want to take up too much more of your time, talk to me about your social media game. Uh, it seemed it seemed like overnight it went boom. Is, is that is that what it was like? It's completely slowed down now since I've started music 
pro- like professionally, but um, yeah, it was kind of, I know it was a whole crazy journey. Things were just happening. I was just meeting people and hanging out with people and went to America, just decided to do it. And then, yeah, I don't know. I mean, yeah. It's just, was pretty it's much, just weird. Because you were pretty much Australia's first vine star. Do you take credit for that? 100%. I was the only one in Australia that was huge. <laughs> yeah, you were the only one in Australia that was huge. You, you were the pioneer of all this. I, I wrote Joel into it pretty hard. He's yeah. killing it now. Have you hey, seen Joel? I haven't seen Joel on that, no. Look at Joel's TikToks. He kills it. I, I, I was so hoping we organically came into TikTok today because i got to ask you, I, I, I refuse to download TikTok because I don't need another distraction. Are you Bruh. on TikTok? 100% I'm on TikTok. I do music. How am I going to get a hit song if, I, if it doesn't go viral on TikTok? I mean, as far as I'm concerned, you've got 140,000 followers on Twitter. That's a pretty good start. I mean, I think I have like 400K on TikTok, but... um, 100,000 on TikTok. Are you serious? Bro, bro, Joel has like 4 million or something. Don Arbergs has got 4 million on TikTok. <laughs> yeah, he kills it. I told you. There is no way that is true. You have bro, to I'm... I'm not kidding. He he literally he has just created a whole thing. He's created a whole thing. It's sick. Wow, four million mm-hmm. for Joel Narberg. That that I might like that. I might have to start a TikTok if I. I mean, if you get four hundred, he's on four million. Surely I can get forty. Like that'd be huge. Yeah, mate. You can, easy, but like I mean. TikTok's good, especially like me releasing music. Uh, my last video, um, my last song, Out of Space, has like 10,000 videos made about it. So, you know, it's like that helps the streams, helps people listen to the song and it's fun. And plus, you get so distracted though, you can just watch it for hours. So just be careful. You might find yourself a new girlfriend. Just make sure they're 18 plus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Make sure if, if you're too can, I'm like, you know, if you're finding yourself attracted to one of these TikTok stars, maybe just inbox them. How old are you before you feel bad about it, I guess? <laughs> Google. Google that a little bit. Um, but, yeah, I'd, I'd imagine as well with TikTok, because I don't know if you saw it all this, but the whole, you know, Julia Gillard misogyny speech being dubbed over with people doing, like, makeup tutorials. Have you seen like really obscure ways to use your music in their TikToks? Like, what's the weirdest thing you've seen for that? I've seen some weird stuff. Like, some there's some weird characters out there. Especially like if your song gets like put on a trending thing, people will just use that sound because they know it gets views. And then you yeah. just see some weird, weird stuff. But I can't really re- like remember, or I don't know if I'm allowed to say it. So you'll have to check it yourself. All right, I'll, I'll take your word for it. I'll take your word. Okay. For it. Go look at the sound and then swap through them out a look. All right. Before, well, one last question. What's it like having fan accounts on Twitter? I mean, it's it's nice. People care enough to make an account about you, then that's, you must be doing something right. All right. Well, Jacko, at Killsize, we care about you a lot. Thank you so much for stopping by and doing this for us, mate. No, my pleasure. Thanks for having me. Right, if there's anything like, if there's anything else, I'm gonna roll out the red carpet. Tell uh, tell everybody what's going on. Um, my name is Jackson. We're dropping a new EP, 15th of May. Go listen. I hope you guys love it, and hopefully, we'll be back on the basketball court somewhere around soon. Getting my ass whooped. All right, Jackson Brazier. Uh, love you to death, mate. Take care of yourself and uh, stay safe out there in these unusual times, bro. Thanks, brother. You too. I appreciate it. No worries. See you, mate. Take care. This episode of Cobra TV is brought to you by Red Ink. 
Red Ink are our official signage suppliers and are still currently open for business. Amazing turnaround, prices and quality and all manufactured 